Listener Production. Hi, and welcome to Broadsheet Melbourne Around Town. I'm Broadsheet's Editorial Director, Katja Vuchtel, and the host of this 10-minute guide to Melbourne. Today, we have the National Gallery of Victoria's Curator of Contemporary Design and Architecture to chat about Melbourne Design Week and its fabulous and very big 2023 program. But first, we are heading to Melbourne's southeast to check out a new cafe that's unlike many others. Velo Espresso is a cafe that has community and cycling at its heart in Ormond. Ruby Harris visited recently and is here to tell us all about it. Welcome, Ruby. Thank you. Now, are you a cyclist? I'm not. I actually don't know how to ride a bike, which is quite embarrassing no. to admit. I think, you know what, it's quite nice to go to a cafe that's all about cycling and see if it's enjoyable for a non-cyclist. And it sounds like it was. Tell us about this cafe. Yeah, it absolutely was. I was a little bit apprehensive given I don't know how to ride a bike. But the vibe that Lisa and Chris have created in this cafe is gorgeous. Like Chris, his passion for bikes and cycling really comes through. Almost every wall of the cafe is covered in paraphernalia, a lot of which is from his own family's history. Yeah, you've described some of the imagery and photos there and trophies. I'd love to hear about that. I think people who know cyclists, or if you know anything about cycling, it becomes an obsession. And cycling cafes are kind of a world of their own. Before we get into kind of what's on the menu, yeah, what's on the walls of this place? And then if you can go into how these guys met. Yeah. So Chris is behind the Vela Rapport, the bike workshop part of the cafe. So he's from a long line of cyclists. So on one wall is this huge blown up black and white photo of his dad crossing the finish line at the Melbourne to Warrnambool bike race in 1962. Another wall, his grandfather's trophy for winning the Centenary 1000 in 1934 is proudly displayed. Like you can really feel... This is a multi-generational cycling family. Absolutely. And I probably should have mentioned at the top, as you've just said, this is a cafe with a bike workshop attached or a bike workshop with a cafe attached. So how does that element work? Yep. So the bike workshop came first. That's been open since 2021. And Chris sort of identified that a cafe would be, you know, a perfect little addition Apparently, when you're getting your bike serviced, you you can end up sitting and waiting for a little bit. So yeah, it's really that perfect combination of drop your bike off for a service and sit and have coffee, scones, sebi scrolls. Um, there's a small breakfast menu available as well while you wait. So it was designed for people who are getting their bike serviced. But then the benefit is that anyone in the community who's nearby also gets to have a great new cafe. So when you walk in, you describe the place for us and and where does the bike workshop sit in relation to the cafe? Yeah. Well, there's two entrances. So you can walk directly into the workshop or directly into the cafe, but it is one big open space. Oh, so you can watch. Do you see the bikes getting serviced? Yeah. So you can see everything while you're sitting there. So yeah, even if, you know, if you're just there to have breakfast, I think it's still pretty cool that you can sit and watch all the action happen while you're there. For those like uh, myself who and, and you who are not getting their bike serviced and are just there for the food and the menu, tell us about that. So Lisa is doing house-made scones. When I was there, I had a caramel slice that she had made that was really amazing. So I'd recommend getting one of those. There's Sebi scrolls on hand. There's coffee. And there is a small breakfast menu, sort of, you know, smashed avo, eggs, that type of breakfast fare. And the coffee is great. And there's also juices in the fridge. So nice and simple, like yeah. not not too like not a huge menu, but a really solid one. Very simple and very solid. So tell us how these guys met and came together. Yes. So I think the business makes a lot of sense when you think about the fact that they met while Chris was on a bike ride and Lisa was working at a cafe. So it's fitting that they've combined the two. Chris was on a bike ride in Red Hill and stopped at a cafe 
that Lisa was working at at the time and the two hit it off and yeah, from there just Velo Rapport, Velo Espresso was born. Okay. You can pop in for takeaway, you can dine in. Um, There's also group rides that leave from the workshop on Sunday mornings. So if you've got your bike, it's also a little place to come and meet some new friends, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. So if you're looking for some new cyclist friends, it's a great place to start from. If you walk into uh, the cafe, the photography uh, that we've taken on the site, it it looks really warm and cosy. Can you just describe, we've obviously talked about the biking and cycling paraphernalia, but just also the feel of the of the space. Yeah. So it's like beautiful wood paneling everywhere. I think um, something that sums up the space really nicely is that there's often cyclists sitting with, you know, groups of just people who have come in to have coffee and scones and they all sort of come together over this large communal table. And Lisa was telling me that she's seen a lot of new friendships blossom since the cafe part of the workshop opened, which I think sums up how the space operates really nicely. I don't know why, but I just love those. And there are a few of them cafes that do serve as cyclists because they're on, you know, a certain um, cycling route. In this case, there's a, there's obviously a service that people can take their bikes for. So I don't know if everyone's in their Lycra. Yeah, I love it as well. I feel like they're always in like a great mood, probably because they've just done a great bike ride. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a really nice vibe and you can feel that through every part of the cafe. Chris's kids are behind the counter in the school holidays, so you can expect to be served by his family, by Lisa, by pretty much anyone who's around, which is really nice. It sounds like they're aiming for a community feel and actually pursuing it and doing it, which is which is so nice. Those neighbourhood cafes, it's so nice when you can walk in and you know the families behind it. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, they've only been, the cafe part has only been open for about a month and it really feels like it's so well established in the community. Thanks so much, Ruby. Velo Espresso is open Wednesday till Sunday, 6.30am till 2.30pm. And then Velo Report, which is where you can get the your bike serviced. Appointments are encouraged Wednesday till Sunday, 8.30am until 2.30pm. Thanks, Ruby. Thank you. Melbourne Design Week is on soon. It's one of the biggest weeks, if not the biggest week for design and those who are involved in the industry in Melbourne. One of the biggest events in Australia devoted to design and architecture. Simone Amon is the NGV's inaugural curator of contemporary design and architecture, and she is here with us today to talk all about Melbourne Design Week. Welcome, Simone. Thank you. We were just talking before about the fact that Melbourne Design Week is a beast. There is so much to see and do. It's really exciting, though. There's a lot of things that feel inspiring, and mm. you see objects you want to buy and take home. You mm. see exhibitions that make you think differently about the world and the way we live in it and the design around it. Mm. Can you give us an overview of what Melbourne Design Week is and the program? So Melbourne Design Week is more than 350 events in the satellite program. You know, whether you're a designer, a design studio, design engaged, we see applications to participate right across that, if you like, broad professional and engaged demographic. Mm. Um, But in addition to that, we have the NGV Delivered Program. So that also positions Melbourne Design Week in a very special category globally because we do have this enormous support from government. However, it's the support from the community, from the design industry, but more broadly across the creative industries, not only in Melbourne, but around Australia. We'd like to think there's something for everybody. And I think that's important (laughs) to note. So as you mentioned, there will be events 
as part of the program mm. that are for people who have worked in design for decades, who might be yeah. an interior designer, an architect, yeah. a graphic designer. Yeah. But then there are events for people who just really like to look at beautiful things. You could program every hour to every minute if you don't, if you like, over that Saturday and Sunday. So let's talk about one of the highlights of mm. Melbourne Design Week. I gather we're talking about the Melbourne Design we Fair. Are, yes. Already thinking in my head about <laughs> going and wanting to buy a million things and walking away <laughs> with maybe one lucky item. Yeah, and of course it is very much about buying. It is a commercial platform, but it's also an extraordinary opportunity to just see our designer make a community in a way that you've never seen them before. Melbourne Design Fair is an opportunity for commercial galleries, for craft and design organisations, for independent design studios to come together and to present their work under one roof at the Melbourne Convention and Exhibition Centre. This is the first time the that the fair's time. taken place there. It, it is. In 2022, we trialled the fair concept in a warehouse in Abbotsford, and it was 700 square metres, and it was really a situation where you know, myself and my colleagues were on the phone constantly calling designers and um, people that we've worked with over the past 10 years through the Department of Contemporary Design and Architecture at NGV to say, hey, we want to trial this concept of a design fair. Um, remember that uh, amazing cabinet that you made a year ago? Could we possibly oh. borrow it and put it in the fair? So look, could we potentially sell we, it? We could, could, do you want to sell it? So, and it was very quick, space of three months, we pulled together this extraordinary showcase and the response was phenomenal. So the reason you've gone to the convention centre is oh, you actually need more space. The whole reason the design fair has been tabled as a new property for um, Design Week is that we understand that over, you know, the seven years, the uptake of exhibitions in the Melbourne Design Week program, the prominence of these shows has been greater and greater. Mm. And uh, if we think about, you know, why do you do what you do? Well, you do it because you're highly engaged and, yes, you love it, but also in view of a sustainable design practice, you do need to create a market. And so we we understood that certainly that was a hurdle for many independent designers and makers. We also understood that the commercial gallery sector that over the past years has shown more and more interest, I guess, by looking um, globally what's happening with more contemporary design being um, represented, presented in these spaces. So I guess our job is to bring the public, to bring the audience to the event and uh, in order to maximise the audience that you can present in front of all of this work, we just decided, hey, you know, go big or go home. So yeah. let's do let's do the convention centre. Yeah. So can you mention, if you're allowed, and they mm. might all be your babies, mm. are there are a couple of highlights or designers you would like to oh. mention specifically? Imagine more than 65 booth holders, of which about a third are commercial galleries and the remainder are independent design studios from all around Australia and New Zealand. We have both Australian and international designers and makers present through that offering. We also have two very special platforms. One is called Discovery, 
which is dedicated to emerging and under-the-radar designers and makers. And then we have another platform, and it's called Focus. And that's an opportunity to bring the public's attention to five high-performing designer makers from the country. And this year we've decided to settle on five female designer practitioners because I guess, you know, when you when you understand the sector, I guess like our curatorial department does, you're always trying to think how do you use these events and opportunities to deliver change? And one thing that we're still very aware of is that we still need to encourage and support the participation of female practitioners, but also people from diverse backgrounds to participate in the industry. Describe one of these, maybe the items or the products or the vessels that that people should look out for. Well, look, if you follow or love your contemporary jewellery, we have Helen Britton, who is arguably one of the world's greatest contemporary jewellers. But we also have the work by Emma Jackson. Emma Jackson is a Melbourne architect. She won the Australian Tapestry prize for architecture about a year ago and she has been producing these phenomenal rugs and these rugs depict I guess this notion of deep time but it's her abiding interest in earth sciences and trying to really understand you know geology. I feel a lot a lot of what you would see at Melbourne Design Week Mm. we can describe but these things are best seen up close because of the detail and the consideration and also the materiality that so many of these designers work with. So that's the Melbourne Design Fair. Mm. Is there anything else you think we should mention? I love... I love the Melbourne Art Book Fair and that is part of this program and always a bit of fun. Yes, the tickets to the Melbourne Design Fair are on sale now. Public days are Friday, Saturday and Sunday. And on the Friday night, we're open till 9pm. So you can... No excuse. Come along and, you know, um, love, enjoy the hospitality. We have have bars there. We'll have music. So it will will be... A fun Friday night. A fun Friday night. Yes. But the art book fair, well... How many people, how many stall holders are there? Oh, look. And is it still in the ground hall? Because it is, it is. And it's kind of the, uh, it is at the the magnificent Great Hall at the NGV. Great Hall, yeah. Yes. And oh, you're testing me on the number of stall holders this year. However, it's always within the f- vicinity of 50, 60. Yeah, it's really accessible. Oh, uh, yeah. it's, it, look, it really And you is. get to meet the people making these magazines or zines or books. Zines it's great. Zines or books. And we know that Melbourne is a is is a capital for art book publishing. And yes, it is about buying and supporting the, the independent publishers, but it's also just about understanding, you know, the incredible cultural capital that we have or creative capital that we have in this town, which is still committed to print. And so hence the allied areas of, uh, of book design, title design, typography, uh, the broader ecology around the art book fair is phenomenal. So it's an opportunity where everybody comes out and the talk program, of course, it's all online. It's all on the Melbourne You're, Design You're doing Week my job website. for me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So Melbourne Design Week is from the 18th to the 28th of May this year. We both urge you, man, so I yes. urge you to go to the website, which is, again, designweek.melbourne. The vast majority mm. of the program is free. Some things are not Some might have a small price. Some you might need to register. So go online, have a look, uh, and you'll see us there. 
Yeah. We're going to be roaming the halls of the convention centre and of the Great Hall at the Book Fair, among many others. Simone, thank you for telling us all about the week. Thank you. That's it for today. You can stay completely up to date at any moment of any day at broadsheet.com.au or on Instagram at broadsheet underscore melb. I'll be back again on Friday, same time, same place. Chat then. Listener.